Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and glad you're back with me again this week. And uh, I think I've got a good one for you today, and I know it's springtime, and and one of the major topics of the year, uh, this time of the year, is always uh, gardening. But I want to change gears a little bit and talk about something else that's pretty common for this time of the year. Um, It's not only a time for our gardens, but it's also a time we think about opening our houses up and, and doing a real good deep cleaning, you know, that spring cleaning uh, season. And uh, on today's episode, I want to I talk about how to spring clean your homestead in a, in a safe and non-toxic way. Um, you know, that'll help your homestead be a healthier place. So I think we got a good one for you today. But before we jump into that, let's uh, have a quote for today. This one comes from Joel Salatin. He says, he says, get in your kitchens, buy unprocessed foods, turn off the TV and prepare your own foods. This is liberating. And you know what? I think that Joel Salatin is one of the greatest voices uh, for common sense in our day. I, I think he's so quotable because everything he says is, you know, it's something we know that's right and something we wish we had said. And uh, uh, common sense aside, he is also a brilliant, hardworking farmer with a well-respected voice for the community. And uh, it, for all those who want to see a change in the mentality of people, and pursue a more sustainable lifestyle. So, great quote from Joel Salton. He's got a he's got a hundred great quotes out there. So, I thought that was a good one for today. Um, let's talk about some uh, relevant news in the homesteading uh, world here. Uh, an article I ran across from CBS News of all places. It says uh, the growing the growing trend of vertical farming. Uh, interesting article. Um, now. The way they're talking about vertical farming isn't like just growing up a trellis. These are these are warehouses filled with these shelving units with uh, grow lights and and you know growing just tons of food on these racks. Uh, aero farms, what they're called. I mean, it's it's aer- aeroponics. It's an amazing setup to look at, but it just also makes you realize just what's possible uh, at doing in such a, a small area, really. Um, this company, Aero Farms, it says they're rethinking how we grow fresh and affordable produce through vertical farming, growing vegetables like kale, arugula, and watercress indoors on shelves stacked seven levels high. When all is said and done, Aero Farms hopes to produce 1.7 million pounds of greens a year. And uh, to look at the picture in the article, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's just this, like I said, uh, this racks clear up into the top of this building, um, it's a 70,000-square-foot facility, 
housed in a former uh, Newark, New Jersey steel plant. It's pretty amazing to see the pictures of it and to read the article in a little more detail. I'll have a link to this article in the uh, the show notes. But the reason it caught my eye is, you know, so often uh, <laughs> I hear this. Well, we need these mega farms out here, you know, where we're just doing all this monocropping of soybeans and corns for, you know, hundreds, thousands of acres all over the United States, all over the world to feed the people, you know. And here, uh, producing a lot of food in a, in a you know a pretty good size area, but it's in a building, and and maybe it's not the best way to grow things. I'm not I'm not even going to make that argument, but I'm just saying there are ways, you know. And it makes me always think about what's possible on a city lot. Um, you can you could if it wasn't for government regulation stopping you from doing a lot of things, it's possible to feed. I think a family of four or five from a from a city, an average postage stamp lot year round from that, I would say, I would say 80%, maybe more, uh, food come from that lot for an entire year. I, I think it's possible. I think it's hard work. And I think you really have to function stack and you really have to put in the, the infrastructure for that to happen. But I look at what I do on my little lot and, and I think, you know what, if, if, if it wasn't for really some of the things that hold me back, I could do so much more. And uh, some of those things I say, well, I'm just going to do them anyway, but some things you just don't push, you know, um, but maybe we should, maybe we should all just push and get it done. But you know what? The, the reality is there would be no food shortage if regulations were re- more relaxed and uh, allowed people to do more. Um, I think you could accomplish a lot and not everybody wants to do that, but no doubt about it. Uh, it a lot of food can be manufactured, grown, raised in relatively relatively small areas uh, if allowed to do so. So check out that article. I think it's interesting, and it just shows the possibilities of what a person can do in a small area. Another article I thought was pretty good was um, this one's from the National Observer, and uh, it's called How to Grow Veggies at the Edge of the Arctic Circle. And it's a pretty cool article, and it's, again, indoor growing, and it's vertical growing and uh, in a greenhouse, and... Uh, they're right at the edge of the Arctic Circle. And uh, it says, Fresh locally grown kale at the edge of the Arctic Circle. A Ryerson University student project is proving it's possible to grow vegetables in a part of Canada where almost nothing green can survive. Um, pretty good article. Uh, it's experimental. It's a geodome greenhouse. And uh, what they're doing up there is pretty cool. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. Again, what's your excuse? Uh, is it where you live? Is it how much space you have? I think articles like this just prove with a little bit of ingenuity and and study and practice and experimenting, uh, we can grow a lot of food just about anywhere. So check that article out too. It's got some pretty cool pictures of their geodome and what they're doing up there and growing plants. So again, another great article linked in the show notes. And by the way, the today's show notes will be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 60. This is episode 60. So check out those articles. Pretty cool. Okay, on to some homestead updates. Uh, what have we been doing around here? I've been really preparing the uh, the raised beds, and I actually uh, took a chance uh, yesterday, and we got some really nice sunny weather coming in here. Generally, this would be way too early to be planting things outside in, in the raised beds, but I took a chance, and I thought, well, I'll just cover them up with some plastic if we get some, some cold nights or whatever. But uh, for the next several days, we're looking at like some 70s and lows in the upper 40s, and I think everything's going to be fine. So... Um, we'll see. It's taking a chance because we're probably planting a good month early outside, 
but you know I've got plenty of extras in the greenhouse I guess if uh, if they don't make it and I have to replant some things but yeah I've been getting that ready and uh, I had some raised beds beside the I built when I put in my greenhouse it's a small hobby greenhouse and when I built it I put in a couple raised beds on each side of it just mostly for decorative but I thought hey anytime you can have a reason to put another raised bed in do it and uh, it lift the greenhouse up and and of course I just took extended that out and made raised beds but I thought I think what I'm going to do in those and what I thought when I did it was you know plant some flowers in there just keep it decorative make it look good but I thought well why not function stack I mean yeah it's good to have some some nice flowers but let's have flowers with a purpose and and I had the tomato plants uh, you know just a few feet away from uh, from the side of that greenhouse um so I thought, well, marigolds are a great companion plant for tomatoes. So I planted some marigolds there, and I'll have marigolds popping up there, and, and they'll serve in, in a great way to help those tomatoes with insects and whatnot there. Uh, to, marigolds are just a great a great plant to incorporate into your garden because they have so many benefits, and they're a great com- companion plant for, for several uh, vegetable plants. So doing that. Also, I, uh, I planted a bunch of strawberries. Um, I had quite a few strawberries last year but in my humble opinion you can never have enough strawberries so there was a guy actually on craigslist and um in a city about it's about 20 mile drive for me but i seen his ad on craigslist and i thought here's a guy you know just trying to make a little extra money um starting a few things he had a greenhouse he had a greenhouse that he built uh really nice and i went over and kind of met him and and checked out all he had going on he's propagating a lot of things and he's growing a lot of bushes and and uh, trees and uh, and all kinds of plants and stuff and i bought a couple flats of uh, strawberries from him so i planted 36 strawberries out here beside my house and made another strawberry bit bed but you know there's just so many people doing so many great things everywhere and this guy didn't have a he had probably a couple acres but you know he most of his growing was done in a relatively small area but he had a lot going on and and uh, I liked what he had I liked what he was doing so you know I try to support people like that rather than just running down to Walmart and and buying my stuff down there when I can so I thought yeah and I, I probably could have you know I, I mean I could separate my strawberries and and you know kind of keep them expanded out but I was trying to get a jump start on it and get a few more plants going so I planted 36 uh, strawberry plants I've been really surprised by the comfrey uh, the comfrey I planted last year is it popped earlier than anything else on my property. When nothing else was green, it popped up and was growing like crazy. And it, I'm telling you, it is huge. I mean, I cannot believe how much the comfrey has already grown this year. I mean, early, I mean, I'm, I could have said the same thing three weeks ago. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, that stuff is doing really good. So get some comfrey on your property if you can. Um, I said a while back I was going to try to separate a bunch and sell it, but it's been a crazy year. I just have not had the chance to get in there and really get it separated and spread around and, and, and sell some of it this year. So I probably won't. But, uh, yeah, it's doing really good around here, and I, I love having it for a fertilizer and uh, for feeding uh, the the rabbits, love it too. So I, I give them a little bit of it. So it's a, it's a great thing to have around on your property. Uh, been trying to be kind of patient and not transplant too many things around here because, well, uh, I I don't want to lose too much <laughs> if it gets cold again and it entirely possible where we live here in Indiana. So uh, got to be careful about that. But uh, yeah, I did want to take a chance and plant a few things. Also, with those strawberries, I forgot about this. I planted some rose bushes around them. I was reading that rose uh, was a great companion plant for strawberries, so I actually put some some rose out, and uh, you know they they look 
they're already looking good. So yeah, um, I try to really do that and, and, and incorporate um, good companion plants for for whatever I'm planting uh, to help with bug control. Helps with a lot of different things. There's a lot of different reasons. I've talked about that previously. I talked about companion planting. I did a podcast on that. But uh, there's so many benefits to looking up good companion plants for what you're planting and getting them in there. So just try to do that around your property if you, if you have the opportunity. And plus, it just really can increase your, your harvest. It can it can really help with the uh, pest control. And it just looks nice, too, to have flowers and, and bushes and different things kind of close to one another and uh, helping one another. It just gives us variety in your yard that it's really nice to look at. So, uh, yeah, if you if you have the opportunity to do that, I highly recommend it. Well, uh, I think that's enough talking about what we got going on around here. Let's jump on to the main topic uh, of today's podcast, and that's uh, healthy spring cleaning tips for your homestead. Um, most of you that listen to this podcast on a regular basis know, you know, my past, we had some health issues and a few years ago, five years ago. Matter of fact, this month is, is five years exactly since I had cancer, so... You know, uh, of course, health, being uh, healthy uh, took a whole new meaning in my life. You know, it's like I don't want harmful chemicals around me and I don't want harmful this uh, chemical laden food around me. And, and um, But one of the big issues with that is also household cleaners. Uh, commercial cleaning products, commercial cleaning products aren't required to have labels that list all their ingredients, um, though some companies do it, uh, do it voluntarily. Or they provide information on their websites, many of them. Uh, a label with the words poison or danger indicates that some ingredients are toxic toxic if ingested. And the ones with uh, words warning or caution uh, mean their ingredients could be dangerous if swallowed. So they don't tell you what's in them a lot of times, but you just know that they're really, really bad. Well, we're getting that stuff on our hands. We're breathing in the chemicals. And I got serious about that a few years ago. You know, I was like, you know, we don't need a lot of that in our house. Now... My wife really isn't quite on the same level with me on that. And and the, some of the reason is some of the products you use maybe, you know, a tip for one, it maybe uses a little bit more elbow grease. And also some of them, the smells, uh, she don't really like, like vinegar, which I'm going to talk about. So what are some safer cleaning products and what can you do to make the best use of them? Um, number one uh, I want to talk about is lemon juice. Lemon juice contains a lot of acid. Uh which makes it one of the best cleaners due to its low pH and antibacterial properties. And guess what? It smells really good. And it usually does not cause a damage on surfaces. Um, you can use it on countertops, tables, cutting boards, microwaves, grout, you know, etc. things like that to wipe things down. It has a great smell. And like I said, it does uh, have those antibacterial qualities. Um, so it is great to use. And a lot of times using it uh, with something else is an option. You always want to check... And that's something I'm not going to do, folks. I'm not going to go through and give you a bunch of specific recipes because they're everywhere on the Internet. I just give you some ideas for cleaning products, things you can replace uh, chemical, harsh chemicals with in your house with natural products that work really good. And there's just a lot of different recipes to make different kinds of cleaners with them. So I, I recommend just going on the Internet and doing a search for you know lemon juice cleaning products, something you can make with lemon juice. And you'll see tons of websites pop up. I, I don't want to get into all that because there's so many recipes. I'll share a thing or two with you here and there. Um, like in the microwave, for example, if you just take a little bit of like a half a cup of lemon juice and put it in a bowl and run your microwave on high for like a minute, 
everything in that microwave will wipe out so easy that the that lemon juice will kind of evaporate in there on, and get on stick to the sides and stuff a little bit, and then you can just take a rag, a wet rag, and just wipe down the insides of that microwave, and it just cleans off so much easier. So that's just one thing we like to do. Um, using it with other things is, works really well too. So, uh, like for example, you can take a, a I'll talk about salt in a few minutes, but you could take a half a lemon, uh, chop a lemon in half and put a little salt on it and that gives it some a little bit of an abrasive uh abrasiveness to it and you can use that to scrub a cutting board or a countertop or a table or something like that and it works really good um so you know using it with other things uh, is nice um another thing i want to talk about is baking soda baking soda is great for absorbing and neutralizing odors it, it has some antibacterial activity and also has a mild abrasive quality for scrubbing. So you can use it on floors, countertops, bathroom tile, tubs. Also using it on copper and silver. It's great for that. Uh, it works really, really well. You can use it with other things as well that helps it even work better. Baking soda is a natural min- mineral. Um, so it's it's not unhealthy for you or anything. Now, baking powder is a little different. Uh, it has the al- aluminum. I don't know. It has, more, it has a little bit of something in there that can cause a little bit of an issue. Uh, but baking soda is entirely safe uh, to use for this. So, you know, it's got some qualities, and there's a lot of cleaners out there that use baking soda. Again, using it with some of these other products, like vinegar, which I'm going to talk about next. Vinegar, it's a natural disinfectant. Works well for removing lime deposits and some and some stains. You can use it, again, on windows really well on windows. I love using it on windows. Spray bottle of that, uh, 50-50 mixture of vinegar and water, and... Um, it's really good window cleaner. Uh, microwaves, blinds, work really good for cleaning off blinds. Floors, tubs, shower doors, etc. Um, I'll tell you a little trick with vinegar and baking soda used together. This is pretty awesome. If you take, I don't know if you ever made one of those volcanoes or seen somebody make a volcano for a science project when they were in school, and uh, you mix vinegar and um, uh, baking soda together, and it makes like a foam. That they would do like the lava and uh, you could use some food coloring in it and it would make that lava that would pour out of the top of the volcanoes. Well, that's actually a very good cleaning agent. Um, if you take a trash bag and you take apart your grill, your gas grill, and you lay all that stuff in, 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 the, um, in the trash bag and then take uh, two cups of vinegar and one cup of baking soda and pour them into that bag, it'll foam up all over all that, that grill stuff inside that bag. Just seal it up, just, just tie it up, leave it set for 24 hours, and then give it a good washing and you know, rinsing off with water when you take it all out, and it comes, it cleans off really good. And that's a really good trick to do with your uh, gas grill. You can also take your um, some of the, maybe the, the the grades off your oven, uh, the burner uh the burner grades off your oven or the steel, the racks inside and do the same thing with works really, really well. It makes a really uh, good cleaner. So um, yeah, use that foam. Um, also something that, uh, a book, I'll tell you about a book that has a few recipes in it for cleaning. Uh, the made from scratch life by Melissa K Norris, a book she has out. Uh, Melissa has a great podcast and, and, and she's a great author and has a great website as well. Uh, her podcast is uh, pioneering today and uh, in her book, The Made from Scratch Life, she's actually got a section there on uh, vinegar. And she talks a little bit about how, of course, the, the smell of vinegar can be a little bit rough. And, and my wife doesn't like the smell of vinegar, so she really doesn't like it when I use it to, to clean things with too much. But uh, in that book, she gives a little recipe. Um, I won't give away too much of your book, Melissa, if you hear this. <laughs> but uh, she does talk about using uh, lemon peels or other citrus peels. 
and uh, soaking them in vinegar and then pour, you know, for however long. And then, of course, it'll it'll take on a little bit of the smell of those citrus pills and then use that uh, vinegar mixture to as the cleaner. So a good little tip there. And I haven't tried that yet. And I don't know that uh, that might be a little bit um, better for the smell in the house. I, I think the, the smell goes away pretty fast. Once it dries off, it seems to go away pretty fast unless you put your nose right up against the window or something. But, you know, it's it's just it's one of the things you get used to, I guess. But if you can do that and knock a little bit of smell edge off of it and maybe even give it a pleasant smell like some lemon peels or some orange peels or something like that, uh, yeah, I think that's a great tip. So, yeah, get that book if you get a chance. There's some really good stuff in that in that book, The Made from Scratch Life by Melissa K. Norris. Um, but vinegar is a great cleaner. I mean, I, I do use it quite a bit. I mean, I we go through a lot of vinegar around here. I, use, I have a lot of outdoor applications for it. I use it as a weed killer. I mean, I put it in a spray can, and I go around my driveway and stuff and kill weeds with it and stuff. And it's just it's an all-natural product that's safe, and I like using it. So uh, vinegar is a good one. Um, how about olive oil? You, maybe you don't think about that, but if you have a lot of wood furniture, uh, it's a good replacement for furniture polish. Um, you can use it on wood furniture, leather, wicker, uh, stainless steel. It gives a shine to stainless steel. So using olive oil is, is a good household cleaner and and you of course you don't use a lot of it it don't take very much to uh let alone a rag and wipe things down it cleans them off and gives them a nice shine so uh use olive oil for those kind of things uh now something that is there's a lot of debate about and that's borax is borax a safe cleaning product now i don't want to get into all this i think it is it's in mass amounts it can be dangerous but anything in mass amounts can be dangerous but it is a natural product and i think used in in normal amounts it's totally fine but anyway i don't want to get into that i will however link to an article about the debate of borox being a safe clean product and why this person in this article thinks it's safe so i'll have that link in the show notes if you want to read a little bit more on that um borax is a great cleaning product you can use it on porcelain stainless steel use it on carpet uh, the toilet, uh, tile, tubs, sinks, linens, mattresses. Now, we do use a little bit of it in our laundry from time to time to give our uh, detergent a little bit more cleaning power. Matter of fact, the uh, the um, the homemade soap we use actually already have. I put part of the ingredients for that homemade soap are is borax. So we'll add a little extra sometimes if we need a little extra cleaning uh, power. So borax is, I feel like, a really good, safe, I will say non-toxic uh, cleaning product, but again, there's some debate about that. I won't argue it. If you don't feel safe using it, you shouldn't use it. Um, I'm not here to convince you of that. <laughs> I'm just here to give you an option. Um, it doesn't have any kind of harmful chemical uh, smells to it or anything that could cause you any problems. So I think it's really good there. There's some people who use it, it as a weed killer as well. Uh, but I think it can, if you use an abundance of it on the ground, it can cause some problems in the ground, a little bit of a contamination in the ground. So I don't know that I, I recommend it for that. But yeah, that's another one I'm including in the list. Another one that will be on the list is hydrogen peroxide. Uh, hydrogen peroxide is a great disinfectant. It has some stain-removing qualities. Um, you can, again, use it on countertops, glass, anything that has mold. It works really good to kill mold, um, mildew. You use it in your tubs, your shower doors, your porcelain, um, and it's inexpensive. I mean, you can get a good sized bottle of it for like a buck at a dollar store or something. So, uh, you know, you usually want to do like a 50 50 mixture in a spray bottle when you're spraying things down so it's not too strong. So, yeah, good a good um, 
product for for cleaning uh, those things as well. I mentioned salt earlier in combination with lemon juice. I think salt, of course, it has uh, a little bit of a purifying agent to it, but mostly I think it's just great to add to things to give it a uh, a scrubbing power. It, it has an abrasiveness to it, so anything you put it in and you'll be able to scrub with a little bit more, uh, it'll give you some of that extra cleaning power. And, of course, it's a safe product, and it can remove stains as well, especially on wood, like you have a cutting board or something like that or a chopping block. Uh, really good to scrub that out, and it can help pull the stains out. Anyway, that's that's a few products that I, I wanted to tell you about. I think those things work really good. Um, now, in combination with that, I think you need some cleaning tools. Uh, microfiber cloths and brooms work really well for like cleaning silly f- ceiling fans, doing your dusting with. And many of those are reusable. You can wash them. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes to a good microfiber cloth. Um, I think that that's your better bet when you're when you're using um some of these natural products and you want to again be kind to the environment because if you're bringing in a bunch of if you're bringing in a bunch of things that you're just going to try and throw away uh you know it's again you're creating waste i I like the microfiber cloths i like reusing reusable mops and clotheslines are awesome Uh, put a clothesline up um it's a great way when you're doing your spring cleaning you can hang your curtains out there to dry and and, uh, you know, whatever else you're cleaning up at the time. But you can go from room to room to room. And you don't even have to do it all at once in your spring cleaning. But there's a lot uh, you can you can do with these natural cleaning products that are less harsh. And I think you can uh, do a lot of great spring cleaning. Get your house all cleaned up and uh, do it in a safe way. Also, a, I think a compressed air duster is nice to have blowing out your electronics and uh, behind things and whatnot. So, you know, get you just the compressed air cans that spray into things. That really helps, you know, it'll kick up some dust, but it'll blow out your electronics and things like that if you have things like that. So uh, there you have it. I won't go into any more detail than that. Again, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recipes using those products online. And uh, I don't want to steal anybody's thunder by giving them all away. Uh, just do a quick Google search and you will find tons. But those are the products you'd want to have on hand. And there were, those are products that most homesteaders have in their house. I mean, I have always have lemon juice, lemons, baking soda, vinegar, olive oil, and do have borax and hydrogen peroxide and salt in this house. So those cleaning products, those products can be used for cleaning. They have a lot of other purposes besides just cleaning. Uh, even in personal hygiene cleaning, they have a lot of uh, use in, in those areas as well. But, you know, they, they are great to have around. So there you have it. Uh, a few uh, healthy spring cleaning tips for your homestead that are non-toxic. I want to give you a couple recommendations again this week. Um, another podcast I came across is really good. I really like this one. If you're, in, if you're a gardener, if you're kind of a gardening nerd, you're going to really like this one. It's called Encyclopedia Botanica Podcast. Very good. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, the, one lady in particular really knows her stuff on this podcast, and she gives you a lot of insight into the growing practices and what you can even do uh, with the things you're growing. Very good, very good podcast. So I think you'll enjoy that one. So check out the Encyclopedia Botanica podcast. I also want to tell you about a great YouTube channel I come across. And many of you might already be subscribed to this YouTube channel. He's got almost 10,000 subscribers. Uh, It's called Edible Acres. Man, I just found it uh, last week, a couple weeks ago maybe. And uh, I've just been burning through his videos. A lot about permaculture. Very, he's doing it in a pretty small area, 
very intense though uh what he's doing there and just an enjoyable guy to listen to um he's out there doing stuff in his garden he's uh, just doing a lot of permaculture pleasant to listen to very good at explaining things and um i think you'll really really enjoy that one i'll have a link to that also in the show notes it's edible acres on youtube hey again i wanted to thank everybody who makes this podcast possible um there's some of you who give through patreon uh there's some who donate through paypal others who shop through amazon using our affiliate link and also i really do appreciate those of you who leave an itunes review or a review anywhere for that matter if you listen on stitcher or a, a google or any place where you can leave a review i always appreciate that so thank you guys for encouraging me thank you guys for helping me financially to do the podcast and to um uh, to do this i did want to talk about just for a minute before i um before I end this podcast, I didn't do one last week. And, uh, the reason is because, uh, I didn't feel like doing one last week because my grandma, uh, passed away, uh, last Friday. And, um, uh, there was nothing preventing me from doing, I didn't have to do anything. Uh, my grandma didn't even want a, a funeral. Uh, she was a pretty humble, modest lady. And she just, she didn't want to draw a lot of attention to herself. And, um, she was a good woman. You know, she really, really was. I spent, a lot of weekends, me and my brother and my sister and my cousins, we spent a lot of weekends at my grandma and grandpa's house growing up. And a lot of what I love now is because of that time. Uh, they they had a, a homestead. And, um, and I'll tell you, I just wanted to take a few minutes and just say, you know, I, I just remember their home. They didn't have animals and, and they didn't even garden. So what do I call their place of homestead? Well, they actually rented an old farmhouse for many, many years, the whole time I was growing up pretty much. And on this homestead, the people who had it previously um, basically set it up as a homestead, as a as a sort of a perennial homestead. I mean, it had, you know, it had a lot of fruit trees, mulberry trees. It had uh, plum trees and it had a walnut uh, grove. It had strawberry patches. It had a grape vineyard. It, it, it had a, a few acres, a big barn. Uh, I don't know. It just, you know, there was always so much to do out there. And, and, and my grandma and my grandpa encouraged us to get out there and just do things, you know, it had a little bit of a woods to it in the walnut area. And, and we go in there and we'd play and we'd do things and we'd make bows and we, you know, we just, we were just always doing something, you know, and, and I, I really developed a real love for being outside and, uh, trying things and, and, you know, picking fruit off of trees and eating it. And, and we were just always outside and she encouraged that. She's like, get out there and have some fun. And I just remember that, that old house that had an old outdoor outhouse and, and you know, that we would use occasionally. And there's a huge house they had and they burnt wood. So there was cutting wood uh, for the wood stove. And you know, I just, I look at, I look at the upbringing that we had there at that house even. And we did, we spent, I bet half of our weekends at least we spent that, at the grandparents' house, and my grandma was a good woman, and I'm going to miss her, and uh, she would have done anything for her grandkids, loved her grandkids, uh, loved her great-grandkids, and uh, I'm going to miss her, and uh, I just didn't feel like doing a podcast last weekend. I just wanted to have a weekend where I, I put some thought into my grandma, and uh, it's been a rough year. We've had a lot going on, surgeries and <laughs> sicknesses and emergencies and, and now a death and the family. And, um, you know, I, I hope things are going to get better <laughs> and they do seem to be getting better. And, and it was no surprise that she passed away. Um, 
she she wasn't real healthy and and she was up there in her years pretty good. So that didn't shock me, but at the same time, you know, I miss my grandma. And I didn't spend near enough time with her in these last few years. I didn't. And we lived in the same town. And I guess I just say that as a reminder that we can talk about homesteading. And, you know, I shared a lot about this on a podcast I did a few episodes ago on, on leaving a legacy. But, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't put any of this stuff above family. Uh, matter of fact, the reason you should be doing this is because of family. And, uh, you know, don't let a garden pull you away from hanging out with your grandma or your mom, or your dad, or your grandpa. Uh, take the time. And if you don't live that close to them, make the phone calls. Uh, go through the efforts to uh, to be part of, of your family. And um, you'll be glad you did. Because I, I do have some regrets that I didn't spend enough time with her. And I've let work and my own projects pull me away too much. And I, I enjoy doing those things, but... Uh, I, I wasn't going to let a podcast uh, keep me from thinking about my grandma, and I have in the past, you know, kept let things that I didn't have to do keep me away from hanging out with my family. So that's why I didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, hopefully we can get back on track here. It's been something a lot of times here lately, and I I really appreciate those of you who have been patient and, and, and supported this podcast, even though I haven't been very consistent with it these last few months, but again, it's been a crazy year. It's been one of the craziest years of my life as far as just things happening. So anyway, uh, I hope you all have a great spring. Uh, we'll Lord willing be back with you next week. And until then happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.